This podcast sponsored by Prime Super, a leading industry super fund specialising in the health and aged care sector. Go to primesuper.com.au to see what we can do for you. Veteran nurse with the Royal Flying Doctor Service, Fiona Dixon, is well versed in working in a remote setting. However, when the No Roads Expeditions Volunteer Program came up, she and her colleague decided to challenge themselves even further. We're joined by Fiona to share her experiences about the program. Fiona, you're used to working in remote and regional communities across WA where conditions are challenging. How did this differ to working in PNG? Um, So my experience in working in some of the remote settings in WA is generally there's some sort of a clinic there and there's some supplies and while there's limited resources, there are resources there. So there's some medications there, there's dressing treatment, um, there's some diagnostics available. Um, Whereas in PNG, you go back to primary resources only. So there's, um, in the villages, there's no diagnostic tools, there's no IT, there's no tech support, certainly there's no Google. Um, In some of the um, communities, there's no running water. So um, often the women of the community will um, collect water in pots and boil that up for us for our use while we're there. Um, They rely on solar um, to get their power. So lighting for procedures and things is often tricky and often we'll pull out our own head torches if we need to um, look at something in a bit more um, light or there were some women who had um, had implant on devices inserted that were due for removal. And so to take those out, um, we had to use head torches so that we could, you know, really focus in on the area. Um, so those are kind of the differences. Yeah. Yeah. And why was PNG chosen as the location for the program? Uh, it started there because No Roads Expeditions um, run treks along Kokoda um, and they also do other um, treks as well in PNG and other across they they do treks across the whole world Um, but for Kokoda um, one of their Australian guides um, walked the track and he saw a need for health um, volunteers or to um, improve the health of the even the porters and their families on the track and so it was kind of from that that he and another friend of his started No Roads Expeditions Foundation which is kind of the charitable arm of the No Roads Expeditions group and their philosophy is based at, at No Roads Expeditions is they kind of like to give back to mm. the areas where they run tourism programs um, and that kind of it's blossomed basically from there and also there was already because no roads expeditions ran the Kokoda treks there they already had some logistical support within the country so it made it a bit easier. Mm. So what resources can be put in place in areas like Papua New Guinea who encounter resource scarcity? Um, Well for the no roads group it's not about kind of throwing money at the problem or bringing in, you know, 100 different medicines, which they're not really allowed to do anyway. But it's more about building capacity in country. So we do that by um, doing the ongoing mentoring of 
um, village health volunteers and village birth assistants, which are unpaid local workers. Um, we also support outreach clinics. So um, if the weather's rough and they don't have fuel, they might supply some fuel so that the outreach clinics can continue when no roads is not there. Um, and also they encourage um, and help the staff within the communities to um, kind of rally their own political um, members to try and get services better. You know, in Australia, I think we're quite privileged that um, our political support for things like health, it's a, it's quite a, pro, it's a, it's a high priority amongst politicians, whereas in areas like PNG and third world countries, health's not necessarily given the same priority as it was is over here. So that has to come from within country. That's not something that we can influence in an external way. So we kind of try and, like I said, build capacity in country for those people to um, improve the services from within. Mm. So Fiona, why did you want to be involved? Um, so in 2015, I actually hiked Kokoda as well. And I basically just kind of fell in love with the country. And I wasn't aware that there was a volunteer program um, going and it was only when I got back that I um, found out about the volunteer arm and I thought oh well, that's probably something that I could do and I kind of have an internal um, belief system that you should help out your neighbours if you have the capacity to do so and I've got the capacity and so I thought well this is something that I can I can do. Mm. And what were some of the nursing methods uh, the PNG nurses taught the Australian nurses? Um, well, for me personally, it was more about helping to diagnose and treat some of the local conditions that I'd never seen before. Um, there's a lot of um, different bacterial skin conditions that we don't really have in Australia. And so diagnosing them, you know, the differentiating between, you know, a tropical ulcer and another condition called yours was difficult for me because I hadn't seen a lot of those kind of conditions where, where I work. Um, and just the other, there was another fungal skin condition that we don't really get in Australia as well. So a lot of those type of things, local knowledge was, you know, much, much better than what I could have brought to those conditions. But they also taught us about um, the plants and herbs that they use locally for treatment of different conditions when the Western medicine's not available. So that was really fascinating to us. And for people in PNG, they're interested in Western medicine, so they want antibiotics to treat everything. And we from the Western world want to go back to herbal remedies. So it was kind of a real contrast. It was, yeah, it was a good day. Mm. So I guess it's kind of finding middle ground to marry the two different um, ways of learning. Well, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And it's about, you know, us... Um, when we're giving treatment to people, also suggesting the local herbs and the local remedies that they can use for ongoing care when, you know, whatever we've given them has run out. And what did you think the village nurses walked away with after this experience? Um, so there's kind of, at the moment, we're trying to build capacity within the villages and we've educated um, some village health volunteers and some village um, birth assistants. Um, and so they're unpaid volunteers and they came with us on the clinics. And we also had some paid local health workers who came as well. And so we were educating 
the volunteers on things like um, how to listen to chests and how to do ear examinations. Um, we took um, the village birth attendants in with us when we did antenatal checks so that they could practice doing abdo palps and listening to fetal hearts. Um, we were trying to educate them as well on the use of the appropriate use of antibiotics because there's a lot of local pressure um, from the villagers to get antibiotic treatment for everything. So for arthritis, for um, viral infections, for everything, they think antibiotics will fix it. So we were trying to educate the paid and unpaid um, health workers the importance of only treating conditions that need antibiotics and to try and educate the villagers as well on the use of antibiotics. And also um, there was just some ad hoc um, education that we did as well. While we were there, there was a, a boy who'd been bitten by a snake two days previous and they'd actually cut the skin and sucked the venom out. So that was a perfect opportunity to say, mm, that's not actually the treatment for snake bite anymore and go through with the whole village um, what the treatment for snake bite was. So that was, yeah, amazing. Mm. So as a whole, what was the country's uh, reaction to re remote nursing? Um, so from the experience that I've had there, um, they are really um, engaged and really keen, the, the village health workers and the village health volunteers. They're um, they're fully engaged with us when we're there and they request more training. They're hungry for knowledge. Um, you know, we ran a two-day workshop um, to give some basic first aid and some basic maternity emergency um, information. And they were just all eyes and ears. They were taking down notes. They were fully engaged. So they, their lack of um, opportunities to get education is really evident and they make the absolute most of it when we're there to um, to suck up the knowledge. Mm. And finally, what plans are there to take this program beyond PNG? Um, I think No Roads Foundation, um, they're kind of about long-term solutions. So they've been in PNG for five years now um, and they're looking at making, they won't leave PNG until they know that they've reached capacity in terms of the education and the support that they've got for those local villages in that one province. Um, but they are looking at, um, I think they're looking into Indonesia and I think there's some other um, disadvantaged remote communities, yeah, worldwide that they're looking at as well. But I think um, at the moment their focus is on PNG because they don't want to go in, raise hopes and then leave. They want to make sure that they stay focused where they are and then build capacity when they've got more capacity in other areas later on. Okay, Fiona, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, no problem at all. Thanks for having me.